Hello, I'm Ray Pullman, former athletic director and current board member of Perrysburg Schools, and I'm inside the hive. All right, Ray, welcome. Thank you. Um, I got to be honest, I feel like episode, what are we on, like 30 now, uh, is a little too too far down the list to have Ray <laughs> Pullman on. Oh, thank you. Um, you want to let him know what happened to Gray? Yeah, you know what, Gray Swanson got fired, you know. <laughs> It's sad to say he was not putting in the work, you know. He was lacking on this podcast. Never came prepared. You're right. You're right. He, and he's going to be at home listening to this, and he's going to be shaking his head because he knows it's true. Well, you, you guys are tough. <laughs> you guys always you always carried the load. You always came with all the information. Gray yeah. never came with anything. Yeah, that's why he got fired, you know. Yep. Make, it was a rough decision, but it had to be done. It's a business, you know. It's nothing personal. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and he understands that. So I am Mr. Rogers. I'm filling in this week. Um We'll we'll try to replace Gray somehow. I don't know how. Uh, and we are joined by Ray Pullman, um, l- the legend Ray Pullman. Yep. Um, so Ray, do you just want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, what what got you here on Inside the Hive? <laughs> well, yeah, I got a phone call from you guys, <laughs> but actually, no, I've uh, been very blessed to serve this community uh, as a math teacher when I was hired back in '79, and football coach, track coach, and assistant wrestling coach at that time. But uh, raised three uh, three children in the school district, graduates from Perrysburg High School. As a head football coach in '96, I was hired as head football coach, and um, from there, I was uh, president of the teachers' union, and went on to uh, become athletic director. And after that, I retired in 2015, and I thought, you know, I want to stay active in the school system because there's so much good, there's so much good taking place, and there's some things that needed to to improve on and uh, you know make some adjustments and changes. So I ran for school board, and I was elected, and I'm now completing my second term on the school board. And this is your last term. It's my last term, eight years. Um, you know, it's quite a commitment, and I would say that with what we've had in this past four or five years with COVID and what have you, we've had a, a lot of decisions to make for the school district, for the kids, for the staff, and it's been very challenging. I enjoy every bit of it, though. I mean, with the stress and the complexity of the issue of COVID, we, we got through it. Thanks to the staff and the students, uh, we got through it. But uh, it's time for someone else now to pass the baton to and let them run. And we've got five good candidates running, and the voters will decide November 7th who the two new uh, board members will be for Perrysburg School District. What was it like for you balancing those three sports, like coaching all three? And how well, how was it like balancing? Well, at that time when I was hired at Perrysburg, I was not married yet, so that was an easy <laughs> thing. You know? So uh, then uh, once I uh, married, uh, I had uh, we had a girl, and uh, so then I retired from the the wrestling coaching and uh, stuck with track as head girls track coach and football coach. So two a fall and a spring season wasn't too bad. Then when the third child came along, though, it was time for me to give up the track. As a head coach, I became the long-distance coach. So uh, 800 and 1,600 meters was the, the area that I coached. Um, well, then they grew up a little more. And I said, you know, it's time just to stick with one sport. So, yeah, there were, there was some uh, challenges with it. And, you know, I used to live across the street, too. Mm-hmm. So when we moved here to Perrysburg, I was out jogging one day, and I, and I told my wife, I said, you know what? There's a house right across the street from the school, actually a block over. Let's take a look at it. And we did. And that was 40-some years ago. And we're still in that home today. 
So I could walk to work. You can't beat right. that. Uh-huh. No, yeah. it was kind of nice. The only downside of that is when you um, leave work, so you leave football practice, and after a long day teaching and what have you, and you leave the football practice and you go home, sometimes I didn't get a chance to decompress a little bit, and uh, maybe I wasn't the, the kindest person entering the door, <laughs> <laughs> depend upon practice or the game yep, situation. Yep, but my, yep. wife's, my wife's fantastic. She uh, put me in my place and uh, <laughs> straightened me up, and I was behaved the rest of the night. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> um. I, I do just want to say uh, I'm going to be sad to see you go from the school board. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, we'll still see you around, though, right? Oh, yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. All right. I try not to get anybody's way. But, <laughs> but again, after you know, I worked in the district for 37 years and the different roles I've had. And I just love watching the athletics, watching the musicals, listening to the band playing. Everything about the school district, about the kids, has been enjoyable. So I'm that the guy that rides around his bike and, hey, I think I'll stop and watch the game today or go watch practice. Maybe I popped in, in yeah. your practice over the summer or this past fall. And so I hope I'm not getting anybody's way. Oh, never, <laughs> never. Um, so talked about being uh, athletic director a little bit. What was uh, What do you think the best part about being AD was? Well, I think building programs for both uh, the boys' sports and, and girls' sports. Um, so you have to go back a few years when I was hired. I was assistant athletic director, and um, then I got the job as athletic director. And we played Maumee in um, football. And it was a, at that time, they rotated back, so it was the fourth game of the year, and both teams were 3-0 and coming into the fourth game of the season. First league game is a home game at Perrysburg. Had a huge crowd. And we made enough money that night that immediately the next day I called Toledo Fence to order a fence to be installed out here at the softball field for the girls because they didn't have a fence. It was a soccer field. So we got rid of the soccer field, and we made a nice softball field for the girls. So it's things like that that we could improve our facilities as we moved along and to, to where we're at today in this building here at the Huskinson Center. One of, one of the goals that I had and the staff had was to – Let's let's get a turf field. Every time you turn around, our field is destroyed by October because of the weather in Northwest Ohio and the number of teams that use our field. So we worked toward getting the the turf field, which we which we did. It took a lot of work, took a lot of convincing a lot of people, but we finally found a, a great sponsor and and the, the Ken Whittle family, and so we got the turf installed. Then it became. Well, we got a locker room over here that's not sustainable for the number of kids that we have playing. That's for lacrosse. That's for football. That's for soccer. Uh, they didn't have a place to call home, a place to put their clothes and books in the locker room, what have you, because they come from the high school over in Roachton, over, over here to the junior high. So we said we need to have a building where we have locker rooms for everybody, a weight training facility, and the boosters said they need better concession stands. So, again, we go out and we start fundraising. We started getting different ideas and getting plans. And it was like the peaks and valleys. The plan would go really well for a while, and then it would just sink. And then it would go really well for a while, and then it would sink. Finally, we got the building plans together. We started collecting finances, so the, the donations. We had to have the Board of Education to approve it. So I was not on the board at that time. So we had to convince the superintendent, who did a job talking to the board members, to show them what the need was, and once they saw the need, and then the finance behind it, and then we had some great catalysts in the Huskisson family, Jim Leland's uh, family of, of the, with the baseball field, and then we had the Ray Frick and his family that, that started this um, fundraising for this facility, and then many, many, many others 
So it's taxpayers' money, and it was the community's money and donations that got this building to where it's at today. Uh, that, to me, you asked the question about the things about athletic director. For me, that was the important part was giving the kids facilities to they can be the most successful in. So here we are with a nice locker room, nice weight room, nice facilities for the coaches, and a playing surface that will not be muddy and wet on a Friday night. Maybe wet, but not muddy on yeah. a Friday night, or if it's a soccer game throughout the week or Saturday morning. So seeing the kids develop, seeing the kids excel, both academically and athletically, and seeing the facilities grow, and the number of sports that we have to offer. And I know Coach or Chuck Jaco, the current AD, continues to add new sports. Why? We have so many kids in our school district. We have over 1,700 kids in our high school. And we can fill the lacrosse team, the rowing team, the tennis teams, the cross-country teams. We can fill those teams. And so we need to offer more for our student-athletes to, to be involved. So that, to me, was the biggest push and the most interesting thing and exciting thing to see when we have more of our students participating in athletics. How did it feel for you to be such an impact on our community, to have, like, have such a big impact on our kids' lives in the high school? You know, I just, um, first of all, I love kids. I, they keep you young. They're exciting. They're fun. Um, so for me, it was just like that's my job to do is provide for them the best that we can provide for them. So, you know, part of our mission statement is to ensure that all students, all students. So we wanted to make sure we had facilities for any, any student we had athletically, academically, uh, in the plays, productions, that they can participate. So the more sports we can create, the more kids get involved. So, yeah, it's kind of neat to see it, but once we accomplish one thing, like this building, there's always something next that we need to do. To do. So it, it, it's, it's been a blessing. and I've been blessed by seeing you guys perform the way you do in, in your practice fields and in your games on Friday nights. And um, it's, I sit back once once this was completed and just like, Okay, good. This is good. <laughs> Let's keep moving. What's the next thing? Yeah. How about a turf practice field back here behind us? You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not happening, but let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. You know? It just takes an idea. <laughs> I like it. That's. I mean, I work a little bit in the athletic department, and so we, you know, throw those ideas around a lot. Like, hey, when we were at Marysville, they had a turf practice area mm-hmm. behind that was pretty cool. And it's like, is there anything that we could add mm-hmm. to ours? So yeah, it's a. Uh, it's fun to mm-hmm. see what else you can do. Well, and from the safety issue, from the practicality of a turf versus grass, you know, grass, you got to water it, you got to cut it, you got to line it, yet it takes personnel mm-hmm. to do so. The turf field, once it's installed, you just groom it every week, once a week, at least every two weeks, you have to groom it and you're on your way. And you can play as many sports and as many contests and practices on that. And yeah, it'll wear out like carpet after so many years. But if you take care of it, it's, it's going to serve you uh, serve you right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, now you mentioned uh, Chuck Jaco, so you pass it on to Chuck, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, what uh, Chuck's a a friend of the the podcast. Um, what was that? What was that transition like? Well, you know, when he was hired, and I had nothing to do with the hiring because I didn't want to be. There's a committee that was formed, and they gave me the list of people, and they want to know what I thought. But you know, I said, that's you guys' deal. But I certainly would work with the person who's hired, and we did. So in the spring, he was hired early spring, and we worked together. And um, I said, I said, uh, Chuck, I don't know where our athletic department's at in people's eyes, but wherever we're at, take the bar to the next level. 
let's move to where we're at now and take it to the next level. And, that, and that's where I'm passing the baton. So is there anything I can do to help you with the administrative part? You know, I kept all the files on a computer, right? I kept paperwork and I, anything I had, share with Chuck. Here you go. Here you go. Here, whatever you need. Or he asks questions. Ask me anytime. And again, I didn't want to get in his way. It's, I tell him, here's what I did. Here's what I would do. But guess what? You're the athletic director. It's your decision, so feel free to call and ask anything you, you want because we want him to be very successful in his role so in turn our department and our kids continue to grow and benefit from his job as athletic director. Yeah. Between the uh, all the sports you coach, like football, track, cross-country, wrestling, which one were you most passionate in? Which one did you like the most? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say football. Um, you know, I played football for 12 years, believe it or not. Not very big, but I, I love to run. I played in the secondary. So I went to uh, – I graduated from Macumber High School. Played football there for four years. I had great coaching staff there. And I moved on to Bluffton University and played football there. Enjoyed that. So I would say that would be my first one. You know, my son played for me when he was playing, and my, my da- both daughters were cheerleaders. So it was okay. a family awesome. affair. Yeah. My wife's in the stands, and, and she did a great job of cheering. I said, how do, how do you do it? How do you sit in the stands with the coach's wife? And people say bad things about us. You know, Why would you call that player, what have you? She goes, we don't pay any attention to them. You know, They're up there cheering for us. So our wives were the number one cheerleaders for us. But it was a family involvement with football. And uh, that's, I think, my number one sport. Yeah. Although track is right, <laughs> right there underneath it. you know. So I enjoyed it. It was nice. Um. So when did you, you said 96 is when you started coaching football? Yeah, well, actually, when I came here in 79 and 80. So when I first came to Perrysburg and I was hired, that's the three sports I was hired to coach and teach math. Um, believe it or not, the football team was 10-0. and The next year, the football team was 10-0. and So we were 20 straight wins. The playoffs were different back then, too. So they took the top two teams to go to the playoffs. Then... The second time we were 10-0, they took the top four teams to go to the playoffs. The basketball team was 20-0, 79-80, and they were 20-0 in 80-81. Wow. So when I got here, I'm thinking, wow, these folks are pretty doggone good. This, this, this program here is excellent. Well, we were playing Maumee. I was a freshman football coach my first year here. We were playing Maumee, freshman. And the coaches always said to us, um, hey, we're with you, win or tie. We're with you, win or tie. Well, we happened to get beat that day by the team from across the river for Thursday night game. I go to work the next Friday morning, and we used to get our paychecks from the secretary in the office. And so on Fridays, every two weeks, we'd go down and we'd sign it. She'd give us the check. So I go down and get the paycheck for for working, and she says, oh, no, you don't have one this week. I said, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> well, you got beat by Ma Me last night, so you don't get paid. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> These folks are really serious about athletics, right? But um, – yeah, so I started coaching football, and I went from there, and I became the defensive coordinator for 17 years under a very successful football coach in Chuck Pratt. He was here for 23 years as a coach. He had himself had three undefeated seasons, the two years I told you about. Then in 1986, we were also were 10-0. And, of course, when Coach Kriegel had his seasons, I think he was, what, two or three years also undefeated too. So I was a longtime football coach before I was hired in 96 as the head football coach. Then what happened was, I resigned because of the athletic department's work. I just burned the candle at both ends. I just, I just couldn't keep up with it. Well, we hired another coach, and, and, and uh, he hired me back as an assistant coach, which was fine for me. When he resigned, when Matt Kriegel was hired, he hired, hired me for defensive coordinator. So I worked about three years under Coach Kriegel, and 
they're all special coaches. The head coaches that were hired here, very quality men, good coaches. I learned a lot from all of them. But, again, I would leave a football practice, go upstairs as athletic director and turn on the clock to run a soccer game, go on home and review practice tape or prepare game tape, reviewing it, prepare a game plan and a practice plan for defense. And I was wearing myself out. Mm-hmm. So I had to go tell Coach Kriegel after three years with him, as you know, Coach, I just can't do anymore. It's wearing on me a little bit, and I really hate to tell you this. So I came back the next year as a volunteer scout team junior varsity coach. I went on Saturdays with junior varsity. I worked the scout team all uh, all week. I didn't have any of the other duties of, uh, of a coach, but that's, yeah. that was it. And I kind of weaned away from that to where I just come and watch now. <laughs> um, what uh, you got any you got any fun Kriegel stories? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a quick story of Coach Kriegel. He's a first of all, he's a tough guy. He's oh yeah, a big guy. Yeah. Well, he was an assistant coach, so he got hired in as assistant. Roger Frank was the head coach, and 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 Matt was going to get the team fired up. So he's banging his head against the wall and he's squeezing his forehead and pushing his fingers in to create blood to bl- drip down his face. And then he goes in and talks to the team and gets them all fired up. <laughs> I thought, this guy is for real. Serious guy. Oh, yeah. Yep. But that's a story I remember. But I'll tell you another thing that he taught me as an assistant coach and I've coached all these years. I don't know what how old I was, but <clears throat> let's say in the 50s. And we hired, Matt's first year as a coach hired me and he hired three or Three college graduates from Bowling Green, great men, great football players on the Bowling Green Falcon football team. And they they were coaching the kids up, really good for the kids, real good for the squad. And we were, I was walking with Matt after practice, and these receivers had to do some extra work. And they were doing forward rolls, you know, hitting their bellies, doing different things of that nature. And I said to Coach Krieg, I said, you really think that's necessary we should be doing that? And Coach said this to me, he said, now, don't get all old and crabby on me now. <laughs> but he, he set the tone for me to think about that. What I did maybe five years, 10 years, 15 years ago doesn't mean it has to be the same thing today. And, and so these young guys, these young coaches were just teaching these kids a lesson, whatever it might have been. Maybe they jumped off sides. Maybe they dropped the ball. Who knows what it was. But he taught me at that point when he said that was, yeah, don't become that guy. Well, it's not the way we do it. Back when I was a coach, forget that. Today, it's like right now, it's 2022 going to 23, going on 24, right? So what we do in football today didn't happen 10 years ago. Like mm-hmm. I told you before we started the broadcast here, I was amazed by watching seventh grade football, freshman football, university football. The game has changed. Everybody's spreading them out and throwing, yeah. even at those levels, right? Uh, back in the day, you lined up at two tights, full yeah. house, and just hammered the ball, right? Smash mouth football. Uh, all teams did that, but now it's a different game. A different game, you know. We used to run a 7-1 defense. What's a 7-1 defense, right? That's goal lane defense. Well, not anymore you don't. You got three men, four-man fronts, and playing their secondary and what have you. But So, yeah, Coach Kriegel, he, he taught me a lot, and I hope I helped him a lot with his coaching and, and what have you. But he was a very successful coach here. Yeah. I always see you like 8 a.m. in the morning outside on the track running. And how is that important for you, like staying active and staying – in shape and everything. It's very, very important uh, for, for a couple of reasons. One, I've got a pacemaker, so I'm trying to charge it up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> when I retired, I had developed some heart issues that are taken care of. It's all hereditary. It's nothing I didn't do that 
I could change. But I do like to make, I get up since the day I retired, I get up at 6 a.m., 10 till 6, out the door by 6, and I run three and a half miles. And then I stretch and what have you. Because for me, mentally it helps me, and physically it keeps me going a little bit. Because if I want to make decisions, uh, I want to make sure I'm a healthy guy making those decisions. I don't want to just sit around and be that guy. I want to be an active guy. So, yeah, I, I try to stay committed to that track running around. <laughs> yes, nor rain. I see warriors out there. Even I'm cold. I'm shivering. I see you out there chugging, going away. <laughs> yeah. If it's really raining now, really heavy, you won't see me <laughs> there. I'll be at Planet Fitness. But otherwise, I like to hit the track and keep, keep it going that way. And it's it's a tough deal, right? It's dark out now. It's cold out now. But I figured you just got to get up and do it. Once you get going, it's it's it's, it's okay. But, again, I feel for me, you might call it it's a, it's a habit. It's a healthy habit I'm trying to maintain. And by serving on the board, there's a lot of issues that come up that are confidential issues. There's a lot of issues that come up that are serious um, and uh, stressful. All right. And then as a, as a parent, as a grandparent now, I've got uh, six wonderful grandkids. And just being a, a husband, you've got stressors in your life, right? So I think for me, I get out there and I can jog and I pray a lot and think about the day or Maybe think about something that happened yesterday or something that's going to take place tomorrow. And I kind of think that through. So for me, it's a blessing in, in, in my spiritual growth, in my, my decision-making as a board member and a situation, and even things that happen at home. So you might just see me running. If you wave at me and I don't wave back, man, I'm in deep thought. <laughs> Understandable. Um, so when you got here and you started coaching football here, what division was Perrysburg then? Yeah, so it was it was called uh, A Double and Triple A in track, <laughs> but they don't have that anymore. It was uh, Division Two, Division Two, and so the years that they were undefeated, they didn't. Again, I said earlier they didn't take the top sixteen like they do now, or they're even the top eight. So it's grown since then, which is a good thing. One year, I think it was '86, we were ten and zero. We got up on Saturday. We got up on Saturday because we didn't have the quick computers that could do all the work and tell you who was in, who was out. We had media who was figuring things out. So we're on the phone with the Blade and a team called Galleon, and we were trying to see from their media person what they're figuring out, who's in, who's out. So that particular year, we're practicing Saturday morning. We were hoping we made the playoffs, and unfortunately we didn't. The team that did, which was Galleon, was going to play DeVilvis High School, which is no longer a school in Toledo, and uh, we weren't in. Galleon won that game, and they went on to win the state championship. That head football coach was a graduate of Bluff University where I went to school. And he went on to become the uh, tight end, tackle tight end coach at Ohio State, head coach at uh, Maslin, and uh, now he's head head coach at Ashland College. Oh, wow. But he was at Galleon that won the state championship. But it was between us or Galleon if he would be in. They made it. I'm glad they won. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, a crazy story. Yeah. Wow. Um, so – do you have any favorite stories from your time here at uh, Perrysburg High School? So even from teaching days, uh, anything like that? Well, they're all favorites. I've had so many stories. And, again, the roles that I played were all for just making our school district the best it could be. So um, I'll tell you a story I wasn't a favorite, and I, it was the opposite of being a favorite. So I served as um, the vice president of the Teachers Association, which was like a teacher's union, negotiating contracts. And then I, after that, I became president of the Teachers Association. I really enjoyed being that mediator, that middle guy. And this one particular year, 
worked with a friend who was president named Dave Nostrand. He happened to be at one time a head wrestling coach, um, psychology teacher. That year we had a um, conflict in our negotiations, and so we had a, a meeting where we were going to take a strike vote, and that just tore me apart because it, no one liked, no one benefits from a strike. The way we were negotiating, though, both both sides was not in favor of uh, successful negotiations. You come in with a great demand, and they come in with nothing, and so we took a strike vote and it voted to strike. And unfortunately, um, it caused a lot of distress and a lot of stress amongst the staff. And but we did get things moving in the right direction. And we got a settlement, but it was a very very scary situation. So the following year, they asked if I would be president. I said, no, you may not want me. They said, why is that? I said, because if we negotiate contracts, we need to do a win-win. It's both parties will be successful in negotiating. It's not what we're going to get and what they're going to get, what we do together. And since that point, I don't believe we've ever had a a vote that ever led to a a strike or lead up into a strike. So I think that that taught me a lot about communication, and I learned a lot about that. Success stories are so there's so many things that took place in the classroom, athletic field, um, in this community. Just watching it grow, the fun times we had, the relationships I still have with graduates that come back, both from the classroom and from the athletic field. Just had a guy come back this past weekend from Pennsylvania. Lives in Pennsylvania now, but he played football for us on one of the teams that um, I was a head coach with. And he went on to Miami, and he played for Miami. And that one year that he played, is a sophomore year, they played LSU. And Miami of Ohio beat LSU. So hearing those stories when the kids yeah. come back, hearing the stories of their families and all the things that they're doing, that to me is success stories to me and some neat things to hear how successful they are as young men and women. That's awesome. Um, now, this past year, last year, you uh, were finally – Inducted into the uh, <laughs> Perrysburg Athletics Hall of Fame after, what would it take, two two extra years or something like that yeah, to get you in there? Yeah. 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 Um, how did that feel for you to get well, inducted you know, in? I, I know I say this humbly. It's uh, I don't want to say embarrassing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean to, I don't like to stand out like that. Very grateful. Very thankful that the things that I did with the help of my wife, assistant coaches, teachers, administrators, everybody. It wasn't just me. All these things I'm talking about, it's, it's a huge team effort for sure. And my wife for sure being very helpful and supportive of things that I've done. Yeah. Um, but the Hall of Fame, first of all, the people who are currently in the Hall of Fame now, the, to see guys like Jerry Glanville, mm-hmm. Jim Leland, uh, Jim Durr, Doc Thomas, Chuck Pratt, uh, Tom Shattuck, Ken Whittle, all the I can name all these names off and give you a story of each one of them. To, to, be, to be up there with them was a very humbling experience. and I'm very grateful for the work, Taylor, you've done and, Coach, and Chuck Jaco to make it happen because I know COVID kind of set it back. And one time I was gone, so it was my fault for not being around. But uh, it was a very nice event, too, by the way. Very nice to see those inducted. And, and T.J. Fatinikin, who I happened to coach, I was a defensive coach, and he was a defensive player. <laughs> he was a cat. He could move. He can move. He happened. He was inducted the same year, so it's kind of that's cool. Yeah. Of him. yeah, yeah. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity. But um, again, the things that I have accomplished is not because of who I am. It's because of the people around me. And I, I go back to my family, my kids, my wife, and, and my faith. There's so many things that influence the things that I have done. 
What's the differences for you from being an AD and a coach of like head coach of football or track or whatever it is? Yeah, that, that's a real good question. When I was asked to become the athletic director, um, I, I thought about it for a little bit because I enjoyed being the head coach. I enjoyed being a coach and the relationship with kids. At that point, they said, well, just, just think, you can now make improvements and adjustments and decisions on more coaches and more programs. That's, that's right. Plus, you know, it paid a little more. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. kids going to college, so it's kind of a nice little increase in the salary. Um, but I did find that I could coach coaches. So I could sit down and do, during the evaluations, we can have a conversation, or or maybe before the evaluation, we need to have a conversation. I could make suggestions. I could take some of the things that I was not successful at, maybe how I handled emotions at some point, or how I handled a child at some point that wasn't made the most successful way of doing it, that I could recommend to the coach when they're going through the same thing, well, let me tell you what, what I did or what I thought. So I could pass on some of, of, of my philosophies or theories, in addition to, of course, what they're hired to do. They're the coach, right? Um, and also with with uh, student athletes academically or code of conduct violations. When I talked to them about a code of conduct violation, it wasn't come on down here, we're going to rip your head off type thing. It's come on down. we got a situation we're going to talk about. There's a consequence for your actions. But let me tell you something. We all love you. You're part of the team still. This is strike one, maybe strike two. Strike three, unfortunately, you're, you're done. But we want to help you. But you got to gain trust. So I'll talk to them about how they, they, their, their trust has shrunk. For what they've what they've done, so you got to build that trust back up with your team, your players, your parents. So let's work toward that. So I got a chance to to counsel, if you like, to help support that athlete, not to condemn them or strike them down. So uh, you, get, you 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 just violated a code of conduct. You you were drinking or smoking pot or doing something offensive that you shouldn't have been doing. So I enjoyed that part of of the job. That's awesome. Um, so you talked a little bit about, and you know, before we started, especially we're talking about how football has changed and how, you know, they're spreading it out now. Well, as a former defensive coordinator, um, have you thought about how you would try to stop any of today's, uh, offenses? Well, let me tell you how this whole, whole thing evolved in the league back when Savannah South, was darn good. They went to the state and won the state. Well, that group of coaches put in a spread offense they're the first group in northwest ohio the first group in our league that were out there with the spread offense so us coordinators defensive coaches were saying okay we're in a five-man front we're in a six-man front how are you going to cover this so we're trying to cover with people who play in defensive end movement outside linebacker take this nose guard moving back here at the hash you know we're we're trying to do schemes because we've never i i didn't anyway <laughs> never been faced with all this spread stuff so we finally realized you can't take a five-man front or six-man front and go into these other ones you've got to stick with one so they can be aggressive so they're not thinking so they're attacking four-man front three-man front cover back nickel back packages you know go too deep go four under whatever man under too deep whatever you want to come up with but it took us a while to get out of what we thought football was all about running five three defenses Amen. That's a man in the, in the box, right? Yeah. And you're going to go solid coverage three deep behind it. It's not going to work. Uh, or man man coverage against these receivers. And so football's changed so much now that defensive is caught up to it. Defenses and mm-hmm. Coach Ward, of course, where he's been and what he's done now currently uh, from his collegiate days coming to high school. He's he's such a smart defensive guy because of his experience. I'm sure he can just look at a front offensive set and boom, you got it covered. 
But the guys like me, back when we were coordinating, when you had – you're going against <laughs> two tight ends, you didn't have much to think about. Yeah. You know, you just try to run a few packages and that's it. You tried to blitz it a little bit and change a few things up. Um, but it's it's changed so much. And, I, and I've learned and I've watched and I'm impressed with the coaching that takes place with the spread. And I – Obviously, if you got better skill than the other team, throw the ball, right? Yeah. You can throw the ball if you got a quarterback and get it out there. You know, I, we ran uh, one year. We ran what's called a double wing, mm. and uh, very effective counter plays and uh, the uh, trap plays and things of that nature and play action passes. But then we decided from that double wing, well, let's get a little spread going here. So we would shift out of it into a spread. And the first time we played Eastwood, and they, Eastwood ran a very successful double wing, and they beat us a couple of years that we played them. Now we're playing them. First time we shifted, they called a timeout. All right, great. Now let's go back and run the double wing. You know, <laughs> came out of the came out of the set because we didn't really have a plan to throw it much. We just shifted out to see what they would do. Called a timeout. So we really, in my coaching experience, was was not um, geared up for defending the spread. I did not defend the spread. I thought I did. I'll give you one example. Anthony Wayne football team did a nice job of what they ran. They, they ran a wing tee. Well, they, then they started throwing the ball, but they had a very, very common tendency. They run a certain route, like a curl route on the hash every time, every time, very successful. They found it. They hit it. The quarterback threw it. So here's my way of covering that. We still ran a five-man front, but the true story, we took our nose guard. We brought him back. I said, I said, just stand right here. Stand 12 yards back on the hash when the ball's, before the ball snapped. You can stem to it if you want. And he did. He did that. First, first play, the quarterback backs up, runs that play, that pass play in the curl route. And the quarterback looks. He throws the ball in the middle guard, nose guard, intercepts the ball. He's sitting right there. <laughs> now, that's just a guess. I didn't know they were going to run that play at that time. But the set that they showed – from our coaches upstairs and what we we're talking about. So let's run. We call it general. It's some, you know, sometimes you have a gimmick word. We call it general. And those guys knew it. Just stood there. Don't have to backward run. Don't have to worry about tip drill all week. You just stand there because you're a body in a black and gold uniform. And Anthony Wayne it right there. That's how we defended things. We're trying to put our fingers in the hole, though, and plug up the water from coming out of the dam, right? Yeah. But nowadays, though, there's a plan, <laughs> defense first spreads, and I give all those coaches on defense a lot of credit for knowing what to do current football. It's a lot, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, played a spread team this past week. <laughs> how do you do? Well, we did all, all right. How did you do? <laughs> Wow, it's been a little rough the past two weeks. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back on track. Oh, get yeah, back on yeah. track. You got yep. a lot of football ahead of you yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. Just starting. Um, So talking about honors, right, when I was pulling into the Huskin Center, if I'm not mistaken, that road is named after you, right? Yeah, I have to really behave. I, go, <laughs> I, have, I have to drive 25 miles an hour down that street. I don't want to get pulled over. That was a – a nice, nice gesture on the part of the athletic boosters and the administration, the community, the staff. So I didn't know something was, something was going on because my wife was saying, you got to be over here at a certain time. So when I retired, um, I went over there and I saw these people standing by this, this sign. Well, what's going on? What do they want me over there for? You know, I, I've got other things I've got to be doing right now. You know? So I go over there and, there are those boosters there, there's principals there, there's superintendents there, and my family's there. 
It's like, okay. And then they started their presentation and they unveiled it. At that time, it was a real tall sign. I don't know if you knew that or not. So it was really tall. And I was, it brought tears to my eyes, honestly, because, again, I didn't do anything I did except for the kids, the programming. And I just I just love doing things like that. And um, so very grateful, very honored um, for what they did. Well, then it was about maybe three, four weeks later, sign was cut down <laughs> it was a prank <laughs> what happened <laughs> well the city code you can't have the sign so tall so they lowered it but i think it to myself huh i guess three weeks i was being retired that's all she wrote. <laughs> you're gonna have taylor rogers name up there now. Nah, probably not no. <laughs> no that was that was a very nice gesture we worked very hard with the athletic boosters they were a great volunteer group that we worked hard. We we came back from Pittsburgh on a seven-on-seven seven game uh, tournament. We went there with our football team, and we participated. And I loved the way their fields were set up. Of course, it was Pittsburgh Steelers and Pitt. They had the same practice facility, and they had one field after the other lined up. So I came back. So you know what? We got to change our practice field set up. So I got parent volunteers, boosters, kids. We dug up goalposts. We had Brad Morrison from Maumee Bay come up and pick up a big train. We had fields that went east and west. We moved them so they were north and south. So the field you now see is Jacket Dome. There's a field next to it and a field next to it. We moved them all a different direction and lined them all up that way. So we had the whole thing would be junior high and a far field by the uh, boundary. This is when the high school was here, when the students were here. Then we had junior high next, then we had high school. So it was, what, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, varsity, junior varsity practicing the same fields. Yeah. Going the same direction, and I just sat back, and that is cool. That is that cool. Is really cool. Yeah. So, that that the the, boost, the boosters of volunteer, the parents of volunteer, we worked very well together, and I'm very thankful for them and the appreciation they showed for me for that that sign. But now, I, again, they really got me on my toes to make sure I behave. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you miss teaching at all? You know, I do. Um, and it's the inter- it's not the material. I, I taught uh, statistics, honor statistics, trigonometry, algebra 2. My first that's started. A, that's above us. <laughs> well, when <laughs> I first started, it was. <laughs> you first started out when I first year was algebra 1, geometry, but then I got to higher level, which I really enjoyed juniors and seniors to teach them. And so it's not so much the material that I taught, but it's again, seeing the growth of the student and the interactions you can have with them. Um, I just. Just enjoy the kids. You know, I, I know it's uh, like a coin phrase, but I really appreciate it. And then there's, there's some times where you have to s- settle them down. And there's some things you have to correct and what have you. But you do it in a loving way, too. You don't, you don't have to be an iron fist. But I think in the, in the years I taught, which was 27 years in the classroom, I taught 27 years in the classroom. And then I was, when I was athletic director, I taught two honors classes, two honors statistics classes, because I wanted to keep teaching. Well, that lasted for one year. Because I get back to the office and all these phone calls waiting for me and emails, you know, I just can't can't do that. <laughs> but in all the years I did teach, I think I wrote one or two detentions because we handle them myself mm-hmm. or the kids. I respected them; they knew what we expected of each other, and there's that mutual understanding. I'm here to do my job, to educate you, to help you, and it was it was good reciprocal for me. I just enjoyed being around them. Yeah. What's your favorite like class to teach? Like statistics. statistics. Yeah, statistics was my favorite. I had a chance to um, to uh, with Dean Ferguson was teaching uh, a class in, in in geography or world history, so we could teach a college class, get college credit right here at Perrysburg Schools. So we'd go to Oberlin during the summer for an intense three or four days 
studying statistics. I mean, it was intense. It was beyond my pay grade. It was like, wow. And Dean Ferguson, we traveled, and he'd do his thing. So we'd come back. And so when I taught the class a semester of statistics, honor statistics, they would get college credit for it. And I really enjoyed that. That, that math is application. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about proofs and geometry, yeah. you know, show that the three sides uh, of this triangle is uh, isosceles or <laughs> two sides are isosceles. Uh, proofs are nice for your studies and things of that nature, but geometry was different. Statistics, you can apply it. So I enjoyed that the best. That's cool. Um, so do you have any, like, uh, single-player performances that stick out to you the most from your time uh, coaching? Huh. Well, I'm going to go back to T.J. Fatinikin. You know, he played for University of Toledo, went on to play for Tampa Bay, inducted in Hall of Fame. His picture's up in the school for playing in Tampa Bay. Got a chance to see him play against Detroit Lions. He, he was uh, playing outside linebacker. He was on a kickoff team, and that was kind of neat. And Coach Kriegel was the head coach at that time. So um, so I will say that – so, T.J., we called some sort of a blitz for the outside backer. And as he takes off, the play's like going a different direction, of course. I didn't guess right, right, as a signal. And, uh, oh, no, I said to myself, and I look up, and T.J.'s just like making the play. It's like from one side to the other, he flies the ball. It just it was phenomenal the way he could get there. That's why he was a professional player. Yeah. There's nothing that I did as a coach or Coach Kriegel, I mean, other than get him in equipment and get him lined up and what have you. But he was he was a player. And I, I tell you, as an observer, you want to know the best play, <laughs> the craziest plays when we play Maslin? As an athletic director, for that game, when we play Maslin here in the playoffs, we were heading down – I forget how it totally went. The guy's name was Hafner, the quarterback. He took the ball. He's about ready to be tackled, sprinting toward the the scoreboard side, so the south end of the field. And he threw it behind his head to the guy running next to him to score for a touchdown. That was phenomenal play. And that game that night, to me, stood out as like, wow, that was one of the greatest nights of all the great nights in Perrysburg history for football. That was a great night for Perrysburg to beat that team that we just took on, who Nike flew in a helicopter to bring these this masculine football team uniforms and what have you that week. You know, they're big-time football down over there. We beat them. Well, i got to tell you a quick story about that game, why it was even better yet. At the end of the game, we had fireworks. But the only reason we had fireworks is because the previous week, game 10 was the team from across the river, Maumee. So I had had sponsorship for fireworks display for the Maumee games. When the game was over, we had fireworks go up, but it rained that night for Maumee's game. So we had to cancel the fireworks. I had all this display of fireworks. I had to do something with them. I said, oh, we have a home playoff game. We'll do it next week. As soon as the scoreboard clock zero against Maslin, I just radioed the guy in the fireworks, let her go. <laughs> and it was a great display. And some guys were walking past me. As a, they didn't know who I was. I was putting something away and doing something. From guys from Maslin. Oh, my gosh. These guys are pretty good. And now they got a fireworks display. <laughs> like we planned it. Right? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Like, it was because they were canceled the week before. That was a great night in Perrysburg history right there. Oh, for sure. Great night. I mean, Kids still talk about it in the hallways. Oh, I, you know, we had to bring an extra restroom. It's cool. What they said, Maslin said, they can't host it. We got to change the game site. They, the athletic director calls me up. We got to change the game site. He just challenged me. We're not changing the game site. We have home field advantage. We are going to have a home. I called for extra restrooms with Porta Johns. We called for extra stands to be in. 
I mean, they're bringing these stands, and they barely fit through the fence. I'm pushing on the fence so this truck can get by at these home stands, and we filled the stands, which is currently now our side, so on the east side. We brought in stands there. We brought in stands on the on the visitor side over here. So we were going to have a game at Perrysburg, and we hosted it. It was a great night. Something that I know Coach Kriegel will remember, anybody on that team or anybody who watched the game will remember. But other, other memories, other stories, there's so many. You know, there's so many to share. And I would just say that we're very blessed for the coaches we've had here, uh, the athletes that we have here. We're very lucky Perrysburg. Now, I'm trying to remember a story I think you told uh, at the Hall of Fame dinner. Um, it was like a kid fell out of the stands or something like that? Yes, true story. Uh, you talk about adversity. You talk about oh, – so this was an all-star football game. So I started the all-star football game back in 1990, somewhere around there, and we – we bring in the teams from Northwest Ohio, and we have probably 20, 50 teams. And okay, so we've had it quite a few years. And uh, there's a girl singing the national anthem. So John Henley and I are out on the field, you know, giving her a microphone, and stands are filling up, players are on the sideline. They just got through being introduced. And she's singing the national anthem, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see all this commotion behind, which is now the visitor stands. And I looked over there, and I looked at John, and we couldn't hurry the national anthem up enough because we were like, oh, something's not right. we got to get over there. As soon as she was done singing, we grabbed the mic and ran over there, and a young boy fell from the top by the press box, which is now the visitor's side, fell through the stands to the ground. And my heart just sunk. Turns out there's no damage other than a sore wrist. Thank God. So I asked the paramedic, I said, how could that be? He said, well, when they're that age and that size, they bounce a little bit. <laughs> he said, if it was you and I, we would break. <laughs> Thank goodness, because that was, you know how high that oh, is. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. Uh, I called the superintendent right away. She, you're not going to believe this. I'm going to tell you what happened. I called, we got the players to sign a football. I called the uh, parents. He was he was from Cincinnati. He wasn't even from around here. He was He was up watching and cousin or somebody playing the game senior and so i didn't get all the parents the next day but called them thank goodness everybody was good with it um yeah that was a nightmare i can't i, I saw oh, you gotta be kidding me yep. and, and i can tell you stories with a scoreboard caught on fire i can tell you a story <laughs> with a inside the press box the amplifier burned up i mean there are so many things that i've, I've forgotten that i could even remember that an athletic director has to do behind the scenes that at the last minute to make it work. Yeah. Uh, I was up in Atlanta once trying to fix the scoreboard, and I said, that's the last time I do that. That's a long way up there. Oh, yeah. You know? So, but anyway. That's awesome. Are you handling the top five today? Because usually that's Gray's job. We got fired. So. <laughs> I can do that. You want me to do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, place Gray. We need to. Oh, Ray seems like he might be a pizza guy. <laughs> you pizza guy, Ray? I am a pizza guy, yes. All right. All right. Top Today's top five, then. What are you? What are the top five places you've gotten pizza from? Well, I just found a new one, and it happened to open up a year ago. But I just had their pizza there a night. You know where that's at? Where at? <laughs> it's over here at Sidelines, <laughs> place yeah? of Ken's Flower Shop. Really? Yeah, I, I uh, really enjoyed that Hawaiian pizza. Okay. Take off the bacon. <laughs> I uh, actually, our previous host Jack used to get the uh, pizza there sometimes. He said it was pretty good. Yeah, that so. was good. Um, Papa John's would be second. Papa John's. Uh, Papa John's. Yeah, 
And uh, I would say third, oh, gosh, you know, there's so many pizza places in Perrysburg. Marco's would be third. Probably should put them up there first because they are one of our sponsors. Yeah, big, <laughs> big, big sponsor, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll maybe put them up the top. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to say that Pizza Hut. And then the final one, which isn't my top five, I got to think of the name of the place. It's over there by Oh Dear. Uh, oh, um, what's the pizza place over there? Fifth Street. Yeah, Fifth, Fifth Street, Street. Fifth Street. There's yep. so many fives, right? Yeah, Fifth yeah, Street. yeah. Yeah, it, their, their pizza's pretty good, too. Yeah. That's my go-to once a week, right? I enjoy it. Although, you see, I'm not a very big guy anyway, but uh, uh, we just had it the other night from um, um, Papa John's, which I try to get a, a change it up, get a variety a little bit that way. It's uh, not going to the same place all yeah. the time. What's your uh, what's your go to pizza order? Well, it used to be pepperoni <laughs> with uh, pineapple and ham and the whole works, but now it's I try to say it a little low key now. Just <laughs> just maybe some pineapple, some tomato on top, some uh, mild peppers, that type of thing. I try to stay away from the meat, staying in line with the healthy part. You know, My ham I know is not the best for you either, but uh, um, I can take a cheese pizza too. It's yeah. All right, yeah. I'm good with that. Gray's going to be so mad listening to this. I know. Yeah. He's mostly going to be mad because he was fired. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. You got the finest replacement. Yeah. <laughs> Do some searching. Yeah, send your applications to uh, to Sam LaWanson. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what's your favorite pizza? You gotta, do you eat pizza? Yeah, but like I eat what like, my parents bring. Like my dad would sometimes bring home from some from BG and he's like, yeah. he's here. I don't have like a say what i eat you know it's either i eat or i don't and if i don't eat that's not very good because i'll lose weight so it's fair so yeah. i don't really have a say in what's going on to i do or i don't yeah but for pizza i like some barbecue pizza barbecue pizza yeah i'm my go-to that's cool yeah that's good good pizza you got a you got anything else you want to ask no Ray, I think that's, Sam? that's pretty much it cool did you uh, did you have anything you want? Uh, no, I just appreciate the time and love talking anything Perrysburg, anything football, anything academics. You know, it's uh, it's it's again, it's been a blessing for me to be part of the school system. I, I, I just uh, I, you know, I was a defiance for one year before I came here, and um, it's it's been great since I've been here. And serve on the board gave me the whole 360 of what school's all about in this district. Oh yeah, and we're growing too, by the way. Right? I mean, it's, it's crazy. We're growing, people moving in, and new ideas, new thoughts. Um, the folks that have been here for a long, long time wish it would stay the same. It's not going to. You know, things change. And change is tough. Change is hard, you know, for me too. But anyway, so thank you very much. And for all you do, Taylor, for oh, the athletics. It's my pleasure. And, teaching. Yeah. and good luck to you this thank week. Thank you. Thank you. We'll get those devils. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh, Ray, thanks for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure. Uh, Sam, you wanna you wanna send us out? Oh yep 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 yep. It's time to say goodbye to inside the hive. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs>